I'm Xavier Alice. I got boozed. I purchased a podcast machine. It's time for a beer. But firstly, let's hear from our sponsors. <coughs> Thanks, sponsors. Let's listen to this guy now. Shuey. Shuey. Luke Shuey, nonsense medalist. Luke Shuey. Life membership goes to Luke Shuey. Luke Shuey, Captain of the West Coast Eagles and Norm Smith medalist, this is Luke Shuey. Luke Shuey, it's time for a beer. Thanks for joining me for my very first podcast. Thanks, mate. Thanks for um, having me as your first guest. No, now I'm, I'm back in your man cave and I haven't been invited back here for, let's say, it's been two years, two, it, years two or three years since I've been banned. Now, there was a night that uh, you've only ever cracked the shits at me once in your life. <laughs> only ever once. You're a, you're a pretty forgiving man. But uh, there was a night you were playing interstate and your wife was uh, banned from the man cave, which, which makes sense. And uh, Danny and I made our way down here one night and sent some photos to you enjoying some of the finer things that you may have saved up and um, you didn't take it overly well, did you? Well, I've actually got – it's sitting up there behind me, the empty bottle of 1990 Grange <laughs> that you help yourselves to. So, um, yeah. no, that was all right. We, we actually have had another night in here since then. Um, the, I reckon it was the day I told you we were pregnant. That's right. Uh, with Ollie. And um, it's about all I remember. That's that right. Day. It got out of hand real quick. Well, it was, it's an interesting one, that actually, Boots, because I remember, I, and I have it with um, pregnancy and we're, we're expecting a second, that I go early on it. I don't I don't wait the 12 weeks. I, <laughs> I go early and I tell my friends that, um, you know, Em's pregnant again and, and more so if something happens. Which I'd, is how it should be though. Yeah, which more so if, if something happens, you know, I would want you to ring me and let's go for a beer in the man cave or whatever. But you waited for, for Olive till 12 weeks. So you were, you were a week effectively in front of us in your pregnancy run. Uh, but I went real early at the six-week yeah. mark. So you held on for a few weeks but invited me back to the same seat virtually at the Florida Bowls Club uh, to tell me that you were also expecting your first child Almost the the day that uh, the day that we were, which was uh, exciting, and I didn't plan on having a a, a, a sit in session that night. But oh, God bless! Well, thank God our wives are forgiving because I came <laughs> home and there was uh, not a lot of um, it was it was World War Three though. Actually, well, thank God uh, our wives were pregnant with our first child, and we didn't yes. have any at home the next morning. Oh yeah, um, no, nah, she was hard work. Neither of us were in a great state, but um, it's good to be back and good to be having a beer with you. The old. Gage Road single fins, very that, nice. That's right, mate. It's the only thing I do drink these days, so uh, always open for inquiries. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about where I start uh, with this podcast. Where should I begin the conversation with you? So I jumped on um, Wikipedia and sort of went through, you know, you're a Melbourne boy, but uh, something caught my attention. So I want to go right back to the beginning of your, Here we go. Um, your life. And on your Wikipedia, it says um, – Luke Shuey won the 2018 North Smith medal. We'll get to that later on. But side note, was breastfed till he's seven. <laughs> did you know that's on your Wikipedia page? Yeah, because it was my brother-in-law that did it. Did it? Okay. You did not know this story or not? No. Um, no, no. I, it, honestly, it's on your Wikipedia page. You're kidding me. You haven't heard this story. No. Someone um, asked me about it. And I thought it was all um, a bit of a giggle. Nah, but it's so- actually, if it's on Wikipedia, it's true because mine says I'm fat. <laughs> um. So, I don't know how we got onto the top. It's not true. Okay, uh, <laughs> just to clarify. Set the record straight. It was a six. Um, yeah. 
So I, I, how did we get on the topic? I don't know. We got on the topic of breastfeeding, me, Danielle, her brother <laughs> Adam. and um, Danielle is a joke. I told Adam that I was breastfed until seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, we all had a laugh. Um, <laughs> and Adam decided it'd be a good idea to jump on Wikipedia and um, right. chuck it in there. And I, I remember him doing it at the time. It was funny. But uh, I've actually had a couple of people in the last few months tell <laughs> yeah. me it's still up. And you're the most recent to do that. You I, can edit, I, you know. Yeah, I, I'm aware you can edit um, Wikipedia pages because that's how that got up there. Um, but I would have thought someone would have just taken it, Take down, it down by now. But I'll roll with it, mate. Well, it's funny because mine did say, um, you know, obviously I played some some poor football, but it says a couple of stats about, you know, how many games you played, how many goals you kicked, da-da-da. It says your height, 188, and my weight just said fat. So, <laughs> But I did, when I looked, I looked to try and make you feel better thinking that you're, you're still breastfed at, at seven, that um, – Thought I was going to tell you that uh, you know I was I was also deemed as fat on the page, but someone's changed mine back to ninety kilos. Um, so I don't know who did that. Well, yeah, no, I'm not sure who helped you out there, but um, you know the the breastfeeding stuff. I mean, there was nothing better than coming off at halftime in an odd kick game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bit of calcium the second half. Oh, Michelle around the corner just to fill up. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway. So, so we can clarify that that, that needs to be edited and um, and, and, and completed. But when, just made me think then when you we spoke about breastfeeding because you and I, uh, we went through the the birthing classes together as young to be dads and the three classes we had to go to. And you're a captain. This was the first sign of leadership. Not not leadership, but you you've been a leader since I've known you. But you actually made a bit of a stance in the in the classes that day that uh, the lady was up drawing some diagrams. And um, I was trying to be really mature <laughs> and I, I giggled at one stage um, and you hit me and said, come on, mate, tighten it up or something along those lines in terms of, yeah, you told me to no, behave. What a prude. No, well, 30 seconds later, you're in the same situation <laughs> as I was. Diagram two wasn't exactly what you thought <laughs> diagram one was. <laughs> but yeah, uh, mate, it's, uh, yeah, so your life for the last, since I've known you since 2014, it's... Uh, it's been a pleasure to be able to come into these environments, your man cave, and um, help myself when I, when I do, but also also be invited. So thanks for having me. But uh, can we can we go back on those birthing classes? Yeah, were they a, um, were they an experience? Well, uh, I, I got stitched up, so I did a, a radio segment on the birthing classes um, <laughs> the next day about Danny's question when Dan was like, "Say, let's go get a coffee." Your wife, Danny, was like, "Let's go get a coffee," and so I waited with her to speak to the nurses, the, the midwives. And the question she asked the midwife was it was not a question that I needed to be standing <laughs> in for. Uh, so I did a radio uh, sort of speak topic on exactly what, what had happened in a really awkward moment. And then one of my mates was um, pregnant three months later and did the same birthing classes. And at the very start of the class, the lady goes, all right, just for um, those of you first time, da, 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 this is private. We don't need dickheads going on radio and talking about it. Oh. Yeah, she goes so, and Johnny, me mate, just knew straight away that it was me who must have spoken about it. But I kind you of thought, that. yeah, I kind of thought it was a bit strange. I, I'm in the topic, and it's my friend who I'm doing the birthing classes with as well is in yeah. the topic. It's no one else, but uh, yeah. Oh, so, so the um, where I won't say where we got um, hit nine to nine, a bit of uh, free education. Yeah, <laughs> got a whack for that, but. Uh, Anyway, we push on. Hey, let's get to your study career. Melbourne to WA, West Coast um, Power Club. Um, I think over east, and especially myself, I didn't realise the size of West Coast, and I'm probably sh- sure that you probably didn't either on the way, the way over. But also, West Coast weren't in a um, a great spot, I suppose. They were 
the premiership era was done, um, you know, and they'd they obviously been through some some messy times. What was it like when you got drafted to West Coast first round? Um, well, the first thing I thought of was um, the actual place I was going to live in. So um, I'd never been to WA, so I start trying to picture what I what I have seen of Perth and all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I was obviously pretty satisfied because it, it is a beautiful spot over here. And um, at eighteen, yeah, you're not you're not all over. Um, you know, the wealth of certain clubs. Yeah. You know nothing about that sort of stuff. So um, for me, it was moving to a nice city, a um, long way away from home. I think when you're, when you're 18, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I think you you probably first think when you get drafted in the state, you think, oh, I'll be back one day, you know, back yeah, home. Okay. Um, but it didn't take long for me to forget about that thought because um, I did love the place as soon as I moved here and um, – Obviously, a well-respected club, despite the probably three or four. Did your years parents have concerns? Uh, don't think so. No, nah. um, not obviously. They didn't um, let me know if they did. Yeah, uh, of, there are a few guys around that those couple of years that um, you know there was talk about a few guys being drafted into state to West Coast. Well, maybe you're on the radio and stuff that you know, so and so's mum rang a radio station, you know, whatever, yeah. and, and highlighted issues. But uh, for you, it was just. Get in there and play some good footy. Yeah, no, mum and dad, I don't think had any real issues. But um, they hope to get rid of you. <laughs> that was probably what it was. Um, I think they were happy that I just got drafted. And, yeah. Um, watching. Did you know up. anyone in Perth? Um, I don't reckon I did. Not uh, significantly, anyway. Well, no one jumps to mind. Who'd so. they throw you in with from the start? Uh, so I was straight in with the hosties. Yeah. Um, Brett and Sally, who uh, I was only with for a year. Um, but I'm still very close with uh, to this day. So uh, they picked picked wisely the club. I was their only. Um, I was the only player that they'd had. Yeah, and they haven't had one since. So right. Don't know whether I turned them off. So they had, dream, they had dreams of fostering West Coast kids <laughs> for the rest of their life. They went one from one and retired. Well, I either turned them off it or I was that good. They just didn't want to. Didn't want to ruin a good thing. Dip, dip lower. Yeah. So okay. Um, moved in with them and um, yeah, no, loved the club, mate, and. Um, yeah, we first few years off to a rough start. Like we didn't win many games. Um, wooden spoon in twenty ten. Yeah, and we were able to turn it around in twenty eleven. We made a prelim. So you were, and I, I still remember you. And I, I, I didn't know how old you were or whatnot, but you were nominated for a, a NAB Rising Star. And I still give you a bit of grief about this. I swear you're in your eighth season when you're still competing <laughs> for your NAB Rising Star. I don't know. Oh, sure, we had sore groins. He didn't play for the first six seasons, so he's still eligible. Hey, did you did you have injuries or something? I still I swear that you were thirty six going for this NAB Rising oh, Star. <laughs> was it Cyril's year? Uh, no, nah, Dyson Heppel. Dyson Heppel's year. Yeah. Um, I was twenty. I was twenty going into the season, so I was in the last year that you can be eligible. But how have you not play. played that many games by then? I'd played six games, and the cutoff was ten. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, my first year I didn't play any games. Um, and then I only played six in my second season. Yeah. So then my third year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play every game, but yeah, I was still eligible for the Rising Star. And um, did you come second? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah come second. Um, robbed or not? I, once he uh, hit the off button on the um, podcast yeah. machine, man. No, well, yeah. uh, Dyson Heppel had a good year. Yeah, okay. and first year in the comp, I think. Good Gippsland boy. No, he can have it. Um, <laughs> he can have that one. <laughs> I was on the Twitter page actually the other day. I didn't. I don't know if you know this exists, but there's a Twitter page out there, and it's got I think five thousand followers. It's days since Essendon last won a final. 
it's it's Twitter and it, and it's up to like five thousand days. That, yeah, right. So they've obviously started that Twitter page because it's a ridiculous amount of days. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's it's something like five. Is it that long? It's something like five thousand days since Essendon won. When was their last a final? They, they, you you wouldn't remember it. You, I think it might even be back towards off the top of my head. Being an old Essendon supporter, it might even be like oh one or something. Um, yeah. Okay. That's who's got the time to run those Twitter pages. People like me who <laughs> <laughs> don't have anything else to do with their life. Did you early days? You, you did have um, you know, a little bit of tragedy in your life, mate. And did you have any pull to come home? Like so, Chance Bateman, who's one of my um, best mates, and, and really took me under his wing at Hawthorne, told me about how he had a similar sort of um, tragedy in his life, and he came back to WA and said, "I'm not. I'm not going back to Victoria. I'm done." And Chang's dad said, "Son, you're getting back on that plane, and if you don't, I'll drive you across the Nullarbor. You're going back." Did you yeah. did you did you feel at any stage? Because you know, WA is a bloody long way from anything else. Yeah, it is. Um, no, well, aside from um, Mal, my sister passing away, I wasn't homesick in okay. any regard. So yeah. even though that happened, um, you know, I, I still I was still excited by what else was happening yeah. in life. You know, I was able to. Um, I was able to get through all that and, and, you know, come out. Obviously, some people struggle with that sort of yeah. thing for a long period of time. So I was fortunate enough to be able to um, deal with that and, and come out the other side. But, um, no, I was always I was always really content with um, being in WA. And, obviously, I missed all my friends and family. Yeah. But it's a four-hour plane flight. Um, well, not I, these days. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know how you're getting there these days. But, uh, uh, <laughs> mate, it, it's, it's an absolute credit to you because um, – yeah, you know, I'm sure I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to do and deal with things the way you have. And there's there's obvious reasons why you're captain of a footy club. But um, well, the, the only thing in life that really like distracts you or yeah keeps you on track at those times is uh, is what you love. You I know? saw so a Brett footy- Ratton thing today on Twitter, and he was and unfortunately for us, all his focuses went into the 2015 premiership. Let's go, give it to you. Hey, uh, so you're captain of a footy club now, and um, for mine, I think. You probably could have been captain. Were you close to being captain in uh, when Hearn took over? Um, I think I voted. I, I think, think I, I voted for Bunger, but <laughs> well, probably not because I was only. Um, oh, despite how old I was, Bung was the right man for yeah. the job. So, and Simo, you know, Simo's a smart footy man. He got a good footy brain. He probably knew that Bung was the right man for the job. And Did you think you still had time in you to get on the like? So Shannon Hearn's obviously. Done and dusted. Did you think that you'd missed your chance? Um, I didn't really think of it that way because yeah. it, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was something I had to do before I retire. Okay, you know, like captaincy isn't something that I've. Um, it's a great honour, um, and I'm I'm enjoying it, and I'm, and am going to enjoy it. But it wasn't something that I I thought right when I finish my career I, I want to have captained the footy club. So it wasn't as though when when Bung got captaincy, mm. and what oh, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about it back then. As I said, I think I was only. 24. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah, I, mate, when I, moved, I moved over, I was 25. So, you might have even been. Yeah. Mate, I was still trying to, Yeah. Um, I was still trying to hit my peak and play good footy, really. Captain's here was the last thing I'm like. You reckon you've nailed that now? Still getting there. Yeah. Still do you reckon, to find do you, reckon you get better? I, I, this is a conversation I like to have with. I'll let it stars of the, stars of the competition. Do you, do you try and get better or do you just try and hold where you're at? No, I reckon you try and get better. Um, but how? Like if, if you look at me, I, I say, for example, I played a game of footy, I'd go, can't kick, can't run, can't handball. There's so many different areas to work on. What do, what do good players do? Um, 
I don't know. Mate, I, well, for me, I can't speak on behalf of everyone else. Yeah. Um, like the one of the most satisfying challenges is um, once a season finishes, finding ways to get better. And then yeah. if you have a good season the next year, that's really satisfying because you you know the work you're putting in to improve in certain areas is is working. But um, I, each year, I feel like I've fallen in love with the game more and more. So, yeah. um, so for me, I just want to keep getting better and better because I love the game so much. I want to play as long as I can, and um, which is a good sign at the moment because it means I'm mentally, um, you know, mentally in a good space. A lot of guys can cook themselves and wear mm. themselves out, but I feel like the mind's got a lot of years left. I don't know about the body, but no, it's still fresh. Um, I looked at you. You've played more games the older you get. Yeah, oh, I reckon. They talk about your peak as a footy player being between 24 and 28 or something. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> Off-field, you were speaking for me. Yeah, oh, off-field. Mate, I've done a 28. Specialist. I was 100 kilos at bloody 28. Run us through the nightclub specialist. No, nah, this is dead serious. So when I first started dating M, and I, I don't know how she thought this was possible. So for those that don't know, Triple M used to call me the nightclub specialist. That's right, that's um, what it was. I was one of JB's boys. So JB Brayshaw used to have a few players here and there that were his boys. And I don't know where this came from, but um, I was one of JB's boys and I was the nightclub specialist. And M thought that meant I did some damage at nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> but quite the contrary, I, I, it was, I was the specialist in a nightclub who knew how to hang off Buddy and Croft was how he first <laughs> explained it. So yeah, I was young, um, highly impressionable and uh, – We'd go out to yeah the joints in Melbourne where I first met you like Eve and yeah there's this that's, that's gold because that's that was so satisfying for me hearing that because I, I couldn't remember so that yeah was no like no me no hearing that for the first time no again. I was a sheep's dag mate <laughs> it was me literally I was there looking for handball receives left right and centre they reckon so that's where the nightclub specialist came from there's that absolutely nothing to do with any sort of performance and then I tried to explain that to him that. Damn, look, have a quick look at me. Did you think? Do you think anything ever actually happened for me? And uh, sure enough, um, she, I think she's quietly worked out now that uh, the, the nightclub specialist <laughs> fits pretty well. But uh, that's a pisser. Yeah, so that's and no word of a lie. You'd be listening to Triple M, and they'd call not very often, but the nightclub specialist with the ball. My name wouldn't even be used. The I specialist. Wonder, um, oh, some of my good mates back home, uh, big footy fans. Um, and, you know, they've got their boys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they love a few, uh, few unsung heroes around the comp. I wonder how many people out there latched on to the nightclub specialist with you and, like, did you get hit up when you were out there? Uh, occasionally. No word of a lie. And still, and still to today. So I've done a couple of things for Triple M um, from over here. And I'll, I'll, my introduction won't be um, a flop show, da 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 It'll be the specialist. Or the nightclub specialist. Yeah, no, there's a, there's something on um, on YouTube where they go through Jim's boys. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, no, I, I sit in there, unfortunately, looking uh, looking horrible. When you went for captaincy, um, and for those people that don't know, and I've been aware of it for a long time, that um, it's a bit of a campaign trail. It, it can be, it, mate. It, it absolutely is. People take uh, people take people out for dinner that they've never spoken to. Um, I'll throw Shannon Hearn under the bus. <laughs> Mate, Bunga had every rookie over for dinner. He, he introduced himself at the front door. I didn't know that. Mate, they all do it. They all, <laughs> all of a sudden that, um, hey, young guys, I've just um, just got a barbecue this weekend if you want to pop over. you got to at some stage, don't you? But uh, no campaign trail? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. You're probably better off asking the rookies. Actually, I came around this morning <laughs> and you had one sitting on your couch. <laughs> yeah. He's like me, um. 
he's like my second son. He is. He is. I could nearly be charging him rent. You do. You do. You do spend a lot of time with. Play, uh, players out of the limelight, I suppose. Like, you've got oh. your mates who the car that was parked in the front yard was Nick Nats, which obviously <laughs> covers the top end. But you do spend a lot of time with the uh, – the low, not the lower, the lesser accomplished players. I think as you – probably as you get older in footy, you would have realised this. Um, these – the unsung heroes of the clubs, mm. and not saying that these guys will never play. Like, we've actually had a really good history of yeah. um, rookies – but quite often the uh, the rookies, the young guys who aren't playing at the time, um, you probably want to keep them on side because uh, when you become old and fragile and struggling to get through four quarters and these young punks are running around covering yeah. 15K a game, yeah. they, can, they can carry you. So yeah, 100%. why not suck up and, and be in their good books? But, nah. um, fortunately for us, we've always uh, – yeah, we haven't had – I mean, dickheads come through the club and everyone's been pretty enjoyable to get along with. But so. you're big too, uh, having spoken to you last week about the hubs and stuff, about originally it was muted that, uh, you know, 30 players or 32 and you were really quick to say, no, no, it should be 42 or having me on the list, but not not for any other reason that you're actually a really tight group of friends and it, it, there's 22 that play, and but the 22 that don't play also are your friends, your mates, you know, your gym partners, your running partners, your training partners – it's pretty deep, isn't it, in terms of you know, the depth of those players that don't play every week? Yeah, it is. I think in regards to the um, the hubs, like, yeah, I feel as though, you know, if, if, uh, it should be an open invite to anyone, any yeah. player who wants to come. So if only 30 guys want to go, well, then 30 guys go. But Are all West Coast players keen? I heard Simo I so, say yeah. that everyone said, I think so. Simo said today, uh, I think you're in, you're in. If you're out, no dramas. It's not a, nothing will be held against you. But if you're in, it's then yeah. there's no pulling out. I think that'd be the case at any club. If yeah. guys are uncomfortable going, well, then that's fair enough. But um, yeah, you just think if if we're only taking thirty five, the twelve blokes back in Perth, um, what are they going to do for six weeks? The poor blokes, you know. So yeah, fine well, my, my issue at the moment too, um, if we go to, to politics a little bit, but the soft cap getting reduced to uh, from ten to six or whatever it is, the coaches they're going to get given the flick aren't the coaches that you would deal with every day. They're, they're the development coaches, the um, welfare. All that sort of stuff. I, I find it really staggering that um, clubs that can afford to keep coaches on, say West Coast, Collingwood, Richmond, are being forced to then in this climate send people to the, the government line. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like if you can afford to keep the coaches on, they're not the coaches that are going to be winning you a premiership or getting yeah. into the top four. They're the ones that are developing the kids and you know, they're the only ones that go first and unfortunately the, the next step is towards the government line, which is – a little bit unusual, and and they're not the coaches that, as I said, they're not the ones that are – it's not Adam Simpson. It's no. uh, the rookie coaches that are going to be the ones that fall off the back end. So that's just my little – not gripe, but I just find it bizarre that – Which is unfortunate because they're the ones who work so closely with the you know, the next guys in line. Well, the kids, suppose, yeah. The kids who are um, – The ones you don't see sitting in the coaches' box. They're the ones sitting yeah. in the in the stands with the, coach, with the players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get them all back at some stage. I hope so because um, they are, and they they're, they're the really good. You touched on Chance Bateman. Before. Yeah, Chang is one of our assistant coach, uh, development coaches, and um, May's a legend. So yeah, fingers crossed we can get these guys back ASAP. But, and I think their coaches, from from my experience, is the ones you go to for a laugh. Yeah, they're, they're not there. They're, they're not involved in the nitty gritty of no. oh, Luke, you're at you know thirty stoppages and you won six and you lost seven and yeah you know, mm. they're the ones that sit there give, and they'll go to you. Gee whiz, mate, that was out in the that was a shit kick. What yeah. happened there? Yeah, they're the they're the bit of the light at the end of the tunnel sort of coaches. But um, yeah, hopefully they can stay on. But uh, can I 
can I go back to your, your premiership? Sort of skipped over it. Yeah, you won a best and fairest before that. But your last two years, 2018 onwards, um, big time in your life for you. Kids, marriage, uh, and you won the elusive premiership. Your game in the grand final, you won the Norm Smith. So it's not like you're saying you played a good grand final. You were out now, and I don't think there's been a better grand final performance. And without pumping your ties up, well, a more obvious Norm Smith. Maybe. I can't remember, that was over 10 years ago. <laughs> but a more obvious a more obvious game than someone that stood out. On the ground in that moment, on that day, did, did you just feel like an out-of-body experience? Did you just feel like you were so far away and beyond better than everyone? Or at the time, are you just doing what you're doing? Um, and that, no. that, that's not to pump you up because it's it, you look at the numbers, you, look at, you were on a pedestal. And anyone that watched the game would go, Christ, surely was by far. Yeah, Norm Smith that day. Was it? Were you aware of what was going on around you? No, it didn't feel like that. I, um, I certainly wasn't thinking how far ahead of everyone I was. But you know, there's. I'm not Nat Five or Danger, where no. every week you're getting thirty. They you know, know so, that, so, that they're at eleven. Well, yeah, you, you just every week they're used to just yeah. racking up the footy. Yeah. Whereas I don't do that. So when I when I feel as though I'm getting a bit of the footy, you get a general feel. You're probably having an okay game. Yeah. You know, so I knew I was playing pretty well, but. Um, as you can probably attest to, in a grand final, your own performance is the furthest thing on your mind, I'd imagine. Yeah. For most guys. Well, um, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a few out there that probably yeah. um, try and check the uh, the big screen for the stats on the walk-off at halftime. But, um, yeah, no, there wasn't a lot of thought about how I was going. And we were down at um, quarter time, half time. So, you know, all the energy. And quarter time. I, I, and from you were – Collingwood were the best team in the first quarter, but I think from then on, I think West Coast were, were pretty dominant. Um, so you win the grand final, and even I think it sums up your day is uh, did Dar- Darling fumble on the goal line for a point and then they had to the kick in? We're talking about the ball landing on my chest. Mate, they've tried to kick a torp. It's an absolute float of mongrel so, punt, and it's landed right smack bang. And I was like, that just the sun is shining out your mate, ass. I was going to say this before when you asked about what I thought of my game. I. So things like that seem to happen. I don't know. If you have a good game, you need a little bit of luck sometimes. Yeah. And well, I got a little bit of it because that last kick out, I think Braden Maynard went for the uh, the Nori yeah. down the middle. And um, I was actually in the wrong spot in my zone. And yeah, was, so Simo's pulling his hair out. Well, what I should have been doing was thinking they're probably going down the middle because they're yeah. down by a kick with no more than a minute to go into grand final. Um, so I'm waddling my me, me way to a central-ish position. Yeah. And I've turned around to have a look at what's going on field, and the ball's about three metres from me. It comes straight to me tit. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll catch this. But and, um, even more bizarre, you're 95 metres out and you've told the umpire you're having yeah. a ping. <laughs> Old Shawnee Ryan, I sucked him in there, didn't I? <laughs> oh, mate. You pointed at the goals like you're Babe Ruth. Um, yeah. No, I... Uh, you know, I reckon if there was a bit of tailwind behind me, I could have had the distance. What, to the goal square? <laughs> so you win the Norm Smith, and oh, I didn't know this. I'm sure a lot of people don't know this. The AFL ran out to you and said... Um, you were baffled by this. I mean, I'm absolutely I stunned. It's, take, yeah. it's like just get working out the sand. It doesn't rock and roll through your house every Christmas. Hey? Oh, sorry, I've done that to you, have I? <laughs> but they, they ran um, over to you and said, hey, Luke, you've won the Norm Smith. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. you got to thank... Like the AFL come out. Jeez, um, it was pretty much there as soon as the siren went. That's um, got me absolutely baffled that they take the excitement away from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he said, uh, yeah, mate, congratulations. Just want to let you know uh, you're going to be awarded the Norm Smith Medal. Um, 
just thank your fans. Um, don't swear. And oh, there was one more. Sponsors. I think you said thank Collingwood or something as well. Okay. Which are three things I was going to do. Anyway. You're going to do anyway. But um, even if you don't, it's your moment. <laughs> yeah. Simo will do that. He's composed. Um, but anyway, yeah, it sort of took me by surprise as well. Um, so it's all... Like, well, it made me wonder. I've it's never... pulled the curtain behind. You know, they, everyone stands there really silently and stuff. And then it's like in the um, 2007 Norm Smith medal, Steve Johnson. And everyone reacts, but they knew the result. Uh, well, I didn't tell anyone. I would have. Yeah. I would have <laughs> tried to make a few bets. Actually, I think I, told, I think I told Lekka. I think I said, um, I think Lek come up to me and goes, Oi, you're going to win the Norm Smith? I think I said... Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I would have walked around a couple of youngsters and said, 50 says I'll win the Norm Smith. <laughs> um, no, nah, what, what happened? He came up, he said, yeah, you've won the Norm Smith. But you know what's funny is I watch, if I, ever I watch Vision back mm. of them announcing that, I can now notice how awkward I was before it, knowing it was going to be my name. Yeah, you know, yeah, try not to look. <laughs> <laughs> going to got JK, who do you think is going to win this? Oh, one? you didn't, did you? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. It makes me wonder... I, I've never won, like, the. there's all sorts of medals for best on ground. Yeah. I don't think I've ever won. Like Roscoe and Denny? No, I never won nah. Roscoe. Um, a couple of three-vote Brownlow games, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, you've been um, robbed. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, that mate. reminds me, actually, now while we're on it, I remember <laughs> catching up with you um, when I do a little bit of work with uh, Seven. I often hit you up and say, hey, mate, like, just so I don't look like a fool, um, what what do the opposition generally try and oh, do, yeah. <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> and I remember asking you, "Hey boots, um, you know Derby this week, just say you know, A, B, and C." Yeah, yeah, I get tagged every every single time against Frio, bloody nah, Ro- Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon does not let me run a minute without you know, someone up my clacker. So here I am. I've announced that oh, Luke Shuey will be locked down. There's no doubt. Every single Derby's ever played in Luke Shuey will be shut down. And I've gone so confidently. Yeah, seven touches in the first quarter and no one went near you for the entire night. Um, I'll give you my version of events. Yeah, yeah, go on. I said to you that I reckon for probably three years I was – Ross would tag me with someone and to great effect I reckon – Crowley Crowley went after you a fair bit. Yeah, Crowley was um, probably the best at it in a good team as well, so that made it hard. Um, I would have had a combined 60 touches across three years against Freo. Yeah. Had some mares. Um, So anyway, and then – we our final preseason game was against Frio, and um, I was tagged. And then we played them in round four or something. So it was only you know six weeks after mm. our final preseason game. So not normally not a lot of changes. And um, <laughs> yeah. I'd had a couple of good games. Yeah. Um, I think I'd kicked a couple of goals the week before. Or anyway, and then you asked me. I said, "Well, look, mate, Ross has tagged me a bit <laughs> over the last few years." And, um, I'd, you know, if I was a betting man, yeah, I'm, I'm preparing for a tag. I died on the Shuey Hill that night. I, I could not have told. I announced the stadium a couple of. <laughs> I've got the. You know, I've been done some research and A, B, and C. Well, Christ, you were leading possession getter three minutes in with about 30. <laughs> oh, I sold you up the river there, didn't I? No, you did. Now, you won the grand final, and uh, Danny, you, your wife, uh, and Ollie was two weeks old. Um, yeah, two. We're, we're, we're left in, in Perth. Um, Hey, what was it like? So, you know, first time father within two weeks. I reckon you wouldn't have had an, not an issue. I don't know if you did have an issue, but like, if Ollie was six months, eight months, ten months, twelve months, or whatever it was, I reckon you'd go to Melbourne. You're like, righto, Dan's at home. Uh, the kids are all good. Everything's happy. I've won a flag. Well, how good? But your first child, two weeks old, and your wife not there. 
Did it take the gloss off it at all, or how did that happen? Um, did a little bit. I, I don't want to sound um, what's the word? I don't want to sound spoiled because yeah. a lot of guys don't um, win a premiership. So yeah, I'm very fortunate. But yeah, it it, it was um, yeah, it was pretty shit not having them there. Yeah, um, we'd been together for you know four and a half, five years. Yeah, um, so she'd she'd been in um. Been with me in 2015 when we lost one. Yeah. Been over to Melbourne. Been to a lot of my footy, and yeah, they they couldn't be there. Um, I was mate. I was sky high on emotion. So yeah, you know, I did I did call them and then forgot about them for a few hours. A few hours. Saying, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, it would have been it would have been nice having them there. Um, but you know, in saying that, I was very fortunate to a win a flag mm. and have a healthy little one at home um, back in Perth. So uh, I can't. Can't complain too much about the situation there. They can't. She married you too, so that's that's a start. Her win. Everything going well? Her win. Uh, all going well at the moment, mate. Yeah. Can't Maybe six months in? No, more. Uh, what are we now? Jeez. Seven months uh, in or something. Yeah, seven. Yeah, we'll go with seven. I, uh, I, I emceed your wedding. We won't keep going too much longer. I, I emceed your wedding and uh, told a story about the first time. <laughs> So, yeah, you you were you were really good to me, and I'll, I'll quickly say two stories. Well, I was the dag on the sheep's ass when you came over. Yeah, well, it was, wasn't I? <laughs> but it's, so I, I and I, I came over to West Coast um, on, I think, I think it was about, um, I think it was about a hundred grand. So like, low money. Hawthorne didn't have any compensation. Um, it was a fair sign that. Uh, I was uh, I was battling uh, I was battling a little bit at um, at footy and uh, Hawthorne invested pick three in me and then uh, in return they got given absolutely nothing. But I remember sitting down with you uh, early in our friendship piece and, and saying, "Oh, mate, um, I'm having a bit of trouble. I've got to sell a car because West Coast gave me a, a car of <laughs> which you drove me to that time. Remember the car yeah. they gave me? It had yeah, the beacon. It had, um, it had the uh, the big orange beacon. It had, on top. it had lights on top. Well, so. you got told you were picking up a um." A Hilux. A Hilux. Yeah. And we're thinking, oh, this is sweet. You're going to roll around in a ute. Yeah. You know, this, this new bloke to Perth on the scene, um, cruising down the coast. Mate, I thought ute. I was going to have this, this hotted up Hilux. Oh, I we thought, what a result. Had bloody sponsors raw hire <laughs> yeah. written down the side, the beacon it on wasn't, top. It wasn't cleaned and it had the yellow, the fluoro yellow lights flashing. But I remember saying to you one night, saying, oh, I'm having a bit of trouble. Um, I, I owe eight grand on the bloody car and I'm waiting for West Coast to, to pay me. Um, early and not knowing you that well, but the, the type of person you are for people, um, you just want everyone to feel comfortable. Uh, and you said, mate, I'll pay it. And you just pay me back when West Coast pay Eight grand. It. Yeah. Did I? Yep. Jeez. Fact. And I was like, That's and I one. left going, I left. I said, no, 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 I've got home. I said, Jeez, I should have hit him up. <laughs> but I, just, I didn't know you that well. But I think that's the, the kind of person you are was um, obviously you would have got it back. But for for me to have a good night's sleep about trying to move over to Perth, you were more than happy to move heaven and earth. But that's a good story about when I moved over. But the actual first <laughs> time I got in the car with you. Um, Holy dooly. Yeah, we're driving along uh, and it was a Beaufort Street Beaufort Festival. Street Festival so it was a right. festival, shut the street down in Mount Lawley. It was about 40 so degrees. Yeah. And you're driving your car, and I think you ran someone over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah, it might have clipped his toe. Yeah, uh, I, I, I turned, and yeah, I think the I, I think technically the rule is if you're turning, you give way to pedestrians. Doesn't matter what's on the road. Yeah, you're turning, you give way. Yeah, but um, I was coming off the main road, so I just presumed I could go. And yeah, this bloke's walking out, thinking I'd I was going to give way, and I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, the beacon was flashing on top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's walked out and I've slammed on the brakes 
And um, what's your recollection of events? Well, I thought you were handling the situation pretty well, <laughs> <coughs> but you, uh, you, you undid your window, and I thought you were going to apologise <laughs> over the situation. You clearly didn't know me that well, did you? You were hothead, you, and that's you were hothead. You got suspended. You got suspended too often in your early days too. I'll let you know that. But <laughs> you um, you undid your window, and I think you said to him. Nice camera, dickhead. There's something like that. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, so it was both a trip. So you punched you your car and you sprayed it. Yeah, yeah. A few hippies. A bit of indie stuff. Yeah. Blokes carrying a um, you know, 36-inch digital cannon. Mate, the lens was about a metre long. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, And I uh, I wanted to insult him, but I knew deep down I'd done the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. And I just, the first thing that came to my mind was he's wearing a camera. So I said, oh, nice camera, dickhead. <laughs> and he looked at me as if I was... You know, losing the plot and it's fair to say I wasn't far off. But then what? you led me down the garden path because two days later <laughs> oh, yeah. someone walked across the road in front of us. When anyone, we drive- anyone in WA will love this story. Yes, anyone in WA will love this story <laughs> and I'm still hiding. <laughs> and someone walked across us in Subi and you were driving and I jumped in and we our friendship and relationship was it was really new. And I undid my window thinking, well, this is what you do in WA. He's done do your window and abuse people. <laughs> <laughs> and before you bagged me, it's eight years ago when I was young and dumb. Anyway, this bloke had a ponytail and I, I undid the window and said, nice head, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I said it, you dropped behind the steering wheel. It was almost like no one was driving the car down that one of the main roads in Subiaco. I think we were in a school zone and I went well above 40 to get out. Oh, mate. <laughs> it was John Kizon who's – um. Biggest underworld figure oh, ever. There you go. <laughs> I, I didn't – it was a John Kizon lookalike, I think. <laughs> you said you looked He's at me – He's a good man, John. He's actually yeah, a good man. Yeah, no, good West Coast supporter too. Good man. Yeah. Um, so I remember you looking at me. You were driving with your head between your knees and you looked at me and said, that's John Kizon, you idiot. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. I got on the computer. I said, yeah, right, mate, keep driving. Let's get out of this car. <laughs> went to uh, West Coast being sponsored by Toyota. We went to the West Coast and said, can we change cars? <laughs> Yeah, you're Johnny Kizon's walking around going, anyone seen this white you with a bacon on top? <laughs> oh, goodness me, that was funny. Hey, before we do wrap up, mate, just a couple of uh, footy-related questions. Obviously, you're a um, the leader of the Western Australian, sort of one of the big footy clubs. And uh, Is there anything that – do you buy in on the um, – at the moment, it's fit and firing and absolutely um, roaring is the Victorian advantage, Victorian bias um, – you know, it's, you're worrying about the Victorian football clubs. At West Coast at the stage where you just don't care, you're literally just like water off a duck's back, like just we'll play footy wherever, who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and um, you, don't, you don't hold anything against them. Um, no. You know, it's, it's still- well, also number one Victorian native playing at Hawthorne for eight years. Well, and logistics, I, logistics. I kept thinking right. you blokes were – Sooks over here. Yeah. And well, I reckon a lot of people do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, us as players, we really don't care. Yeah. Like logistically, mate, there's 10 teams in Victoria. Mm. 10 teams in Victoria. So, oh, yeah. Geelong down, nine in Geelong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, most of the footy is going to be played there, but yeah, we have a huge home ground advantage over here yeah. as well. And um, I, I, I still think if you're the best team in the competition, you'll find a way to win a flag. So, um, yeah, we, we did, luckily. And, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, mate. I, yeah, it's a talking point for a lot of media. I think. A lot well, of the time. It, it, it's still in the cycle, isn't it? It's how many different angles can you get on? Um, <laughs> how many different angles can you get on this Vic Bias v WA Sooks? Just one more, mate. Um, when you when you come to the crunch and 
uh, you know, you've, you've been around for, uh, what, 12 years now? I'm in my 12th, I think. 12 years. What what would you change about the game? For mine, going to 16 minutes, I've never sat at a game of footy and gone, oh, this last four minutes is boring. Uh, what would So for mine, I'd say 20 minutes plus time on, tradition, keep it going. And I get that at the moment there's 17 games potentially for the season. Um, what, would you change anything or move anything back? Um. I'll I'll preface this by saying I'm not a businessman. Yep. I will never run a business. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in my fifteenth year of a um, undergrad business degree <laughs> at Swinburne. So go on. What do you What do you yeah. need? <laughs> um, we'll touch on that later because M's M's nearly fully qualified in that. Shut up. Um, so Gil McLaughlin's doing a great job. Yeah. Right? Multi-billion dollar uh, industry. So the one thing I would like to happen is. Mm. Um, just for a few years is leave the rules and the game. No, I agree with you. And just see what happens because things that people don't like may fizzle out or people may come around to them. But also coaches can adapt and change. But that's the yeah. beauty of our sport is um, the best teams are the one who go to the effort to try and adapt quicker mm. and find ways around it. Um, and if you let things go for a couple of years, you find out what the real issues of the game are. Well, did you fall in love with footy when you were three, four, five? Yeah. As it was. And don't be wrong, the implementation of, you know, defensive strategies and all that sort of stuff, it was bound to happen. It's happened to every sporting code in the world. Mm. But if the rules were the same, I still feel as though the game would be loved. Uh, yeah, we all still love it. Yeah. But for mine, I just think that, you know, every the, the rules committee, what, what, yeah. why would there be a rules committee to pro, you know, propose 10 different rule changes when we bloody loved the game as it was, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 20 years ago? Yeah, oh, I think the, the only reason you'd look – year to year on changing things is um, player health and yep. safety. So, you know, it does... Obviously, um, people getting hit and they're knocked out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's no, a good move. I think also, um, like, the reducing game time, can it prolong... You know, does Buddy, Buddy Franklin get an extra two years out? Yeah. Which puts bums on seats. Yeah, of course. Every player loves watching. Does he get an extra two years out of his career? Because um, quarters are shorter, you know. Okay. Does that have a, a toll over 12 years? I don't know, but... But um, it's only two hours though. Like it's smaller, smaller yeah. than a big bash game as it is. Yeah. So anyway, what do you, what do you, what do you want? Full? What do you want? Full paycheck for fifteen minutes of footy, Shuey? <laughs> Christ. And, <laughs> um, and I, I think part of the, um, yeah, the competitive side of things, being able to slog out a one hundred and twenty minute game. Yeah. When you cooked, um, you know, tactics and footy smarts and all that have got mm. to come into it, which yeah. I love. So. Um, look, I don't mind the longer quarters, but and there's pros and cons for everything. I just think too many people have an opinion these days. Yeah, I agree, and I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last one, this year's premiership, uh, you play each other once. It's an absolute scramble what's going on. No crowds, might be some crowds at the end of the season. I'd love to see WA if we don't have many cases open up. That would be a massive advantage we'll come the end of the year if we haven't had COVID cases for a long time that we can squeeze some people in the stands. But nice. ha- ha- how will you see the premiership this year? So say... West Coast win it or, you know, GWS are lucky enough to win their first. Um, is it a normal premiership? Is it worth more because of the, you know, the pressures and the, the the way you've had to go about things to win a premiership or do you think it's probably below what you experienced in 2018? How's it way up? How, do you, how are you seeing it? Mate, I think having already won one, I think if we if we were to win one this year mm. or any team that wins it this year um, would think that this is arguably more special than mm. – when you've won it in a normal, yeah. a normal year, because with an actual fixture and you're playing, but just so yeah. many more obstacles. Yeah, and to be able to overcome all that and um, still find a way to, you know, come out on top of everyone, um, 
would just oh, it'd be an amazing feeling and the the impact that would have on your club supporters um people at the club that have lost their job yeah um people that are still working you would just impact so much. like this year i think this year is very very special no oh no i, I agree because yeah. it, it's the first time ever that we've played each other once and um, people can put an asterisk next to it if they want to but you ask any player around the competition yeah um would you rather finish your career with no flags or win one in the year that COVID was around? <laughs> mm. Every bloke is by far and away taking this year. Are they doing top-up lifts? I went for a bike ride today. They um, need someone 105 kilos to <laughs> sit at full forward. Um, I, I reckon you'd be able to get a kick these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, I couldn't right. get one when I could run, let alone <laughs> now. But uh, no, mate, I think I might wrap it up here. Um, 45-minute chat with you. It's uh, it, As I said, thanks very much, mate. Um, to be able to sit down. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And one last cheers. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for popping in. Uh, (laughs) Cheers, mate. Luke Shuey, West Coast captain, superstar. Thanks, bud.